0: Old Gold
1: Club. All Gold Club. So hello there and welcome along to another episode of All Gold Club, My Golden Game. I'm Mikey Burroughs and with us on this episode, delighted to welcome Jay Bothroyd. How are you, my friend?
0: How you doing? All right?
1: I'm very well. How are you, first of all? And, and how are you coping with, with life as it is at the minute?
0: I mean, it's difficult. I mean, I've just come back from Japan. So, um, I mean, over there, it's not too bad. But obviously, coming here, we have to be, you know, much more careful. I've just been in my house, to be honest. Um, so, you know, we have to be really careful being in Tier 4 now.
1: What was life like in Japan?
0: It wasn't bad at all, to be honest. Um, you know, because everyone obviously follows the rules. Um, wearing a mask is kind of like a cultural thing anyway. Everyone wears a mask, you know, when they travel. So, it, 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 when you know, when the government... Suggested that everyone wear masks from now on, and you know, take care and isolate and all that kind of thing. You know, everyone, you know, followed the rules and that is exactly what they said. So there's not, there's nowhere near as many cases as in, as as in England.
1: Because at, at what kind of stage of your career are you? I guess because you've been out, <laughs> you've been out playing abroad for quite a while, haven't you? I, I mean, you're 38 yeah. now. So is this still continuing or are we?
0: Yeah. I mean, I've got, I'm, I'm going to play. Well, I've, I've signed another contract for another year. So um I'm going to obviously play, definitely play next year. Um, but I feel good. My body's good. You know, I've been fortunate that I haven't had any uh, major injuries. I haven't had no operations. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, obviously I look after my body. Um So I, I, mean, I don't feel like I have to stop. I don't feel like my body's, you know, not doing what I want it to do anymore. So, yeah, I'm just enjoying it still.
1: Yeah, well, that's the important thing I was going to say. Are you still enjoying it? Are you Are still enjoying yeah. the life? Uh, it must be so different. We uh, mentioned to you before that we did an episode, we've done an episode with Rowan Ricketts, who has had an incredible yeah. career journey. And I'm always yeah, yeah. kind of full of admiration for those of you who, have kind of taken an opportunity and a chance to to go and experience somewhere different
0: yeah no I mean for me you know I was I mean for me from a young age I I always wanted to play in Serie A that was my 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 first dream um because I used to watch uh, football on Italia on Channel 4 and you know I was I used to watch the great players that were there at the time and you know I always was interested in going to Serie A but I've never been one for you know, stepping out of my comfort zone. For me, you know, it's never been a problem. I think, you know, football was all about, you know, um, winning things, earning money and, and, and um, you know, having, having new experiences. And, you know, that's why, for me, you know, being over there, it's not, it's not as difficult as people think it would be. Uh, for me, I've adjusted well and, you know, I'm enjoying it. Because uh,
1: you were very young when you arrived at Wolves, what yeah. do you remember of that period?
0: To be honest, I remember the first year being pretty good, and then afterwards, you know, it kind of went downhill pretty fast. For some, I mean, I know, I know why, but you know, a lot of Wolves fans don't really understand exactly what actually happened with me um, and Mick McCarthy. Um, and you know, I don't really want to go. I'm not going to go into it because it's a long story. But you know, all of a sudden, he just kind of phased me out. Um, and I don't really know the reason, even to this day. But you know, he, he, Mick McCarthy was kind of like you know, he's like a, a school teacher. You know, he, he wanted things done his way. You know, take your hat off, don't speak on the phone, don't do this, don't do that. And it was just like you know, you, you know, at the end of the day, we're adults. You know, we expected to be treated like adults. And you know, for for one reason or another, you know, he he didn't like the way I carried myself. And you know, I'm not saying. It's all his fault and not my fault. Of course, I have to hold some responsibility because, you know, I was young. You know, maybe I'm the first to admit, you know, my attitude wasn't right when I was younger. But um, I'm a firm believer of, you know, you're a manager, you should be able to um, have good man management skills and handle your players um, how you, uh, you know how you see fit and you know for me he he handled me in completely the wrong way and he kind of phased me out you know he took my squad number off me he made me train by myself in the afternoons by uh, me and Tony Daly he made me get changed in you know the youth team dressing room took me out of the first team dressing room he just done everything he could possibly do to upset me um, he did um, and you know obviously for me at that point I just wanted to, I just tried to stay p- as professional as I could um, trained hard. At that point, I knew I wasn't going to play for Wolves again. But, you know, I just trained hard and tried to maintain and stay fit for my next club. But the first year was, it was good. It was really enjoyable. Um, obviously, we all came together. A lot of players came in. Um, I don't think anything was really expected of us that season. But, I mean, we done well. We, won some, we had some big results. Um, you know, obviously, the Wolves fans are very passionate. There's a big history there with the club. Um yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. But obviously, like I said, after that, it kind of went downhill fast.
1: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, in football? You mentioned kind of fans don't really know or or yeah. understand the ins and outs of it. And this is why it's sometimes fascinating to do these kind of yeah. chats and get that inside angle from it. Because from the outside, we look at it and go, well, you were Mick McCarthy's first signing uh, yeah. taking over the club you know you were the the first one that got brought in to kind of to take it through and and the game that we're talking about this Leeds game it's pretty early in the season I think it was you'd scored in three in a row by this yeah, point so like that, yeah. it was going it was going really well at the start
0: yeah no it's good that's what I'm saying it was good I was really enjoying it um it, it's funny because I, I I remember when I came I think I didn't, I didn't even have a preseason, and I remember as soon as Mick McCarthy came he just made me do we just done he, it was just literally me and him and he just made me do loads of shuttle runs and stuff like that and then all of a sudden I was playing like the, the next day kind of thing so um, it, was, it was a weird one it was strange but I mean like I said I really enjoyed it you know that Leeds game was it was an amazing game it's a, it's a game I always remember um, you know because obviously it was a tight game you know, being away, you know, the fans were like really, you know, buzzing. Um, and obviously, I scored like in basically the last minute, last few seconds. Um, and obviously, we got the victory, but you know, it was an amazing goal. And obviously, it was a great away day.
1: Well this is the 10th of September 2006 and you mentioned you you score late on I, it's not ju- it's not just any old goal though is it it's it's an absolute pinger into the top corner from distance <laughs> i mean you're playing it down modestly my friend but it was an impressive strike
0: <laughs> no no it was a, it was yeah it was a great strike it was one of my you know it's, it's definitely in my you know top, top 10 for sure um but yeah i remember I remember I turned, I think I had a bit of contact from a defender and I just remember I let the ball go across me and then I just thought, you know, I, I, let me just hit it, you know, and I thought, and I, I didn't, I mean, obviously as a forward, you just want to hit the target. I knew I wanted to aim for that kind of corner, but obviously when it left my foot, it was one of those ones where I was oh, it's in straight away. Like I thought, it's a goal. And uh, you know, obviously, everyone went crazy. The, the boys went crazy. You know, we all we all went and celebrated with the fans in the corner. Um, and you know, it was amazing. It was an amazing day, and it was a. I think that. I mean, like I said, that game there. You know, and we're going to talk about it afterwards. The West Brom game, at home, were my were my two most memorable games for Wolves, and you know, they were fantastic games because we got the win as well.
1: Well, it's interesting to hear you talk about the kind of knowing that it's in from the moment you strike it, because one of the things I'm always fascinated about is is that kind of mental side of the confidence angle from it, that it was a tight game. I think Matt Murray played really well that day, yeah, especially. No, he yeah, he was
0: fantastic, yeah.
1: And, like, it, it's that element of what goes through your mind when that ball gets passed to you. Because so many times in a game, so many times in a career, you probably... Play it out wide and get in the box yeah, to wait yeah. for someone to cross in. Do you know what I mean? That moment is when you've <laughs> gone. No, I'm having a go. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, you know what? I remember because I remember I turned and it was it was the ball was nice. It was sitting nice. No one was coming to close me down, and obviously I know that I can strike a ball well. And I just thought, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it. There's, no, there, I didn't even, you know, there was no other thought in my mind apart from shooting that ball at that point, and. Like I said, as soon as it left my foot, I just knew it was a goal. I don't know, it's a weird feeling to explain, but I just knew it. And, you know, I started sprinting over to the fans as soon as it left my foot almost. (laughs) So it was one of them days where it was just like, it was a great day. You know, I remember Mick McCarthy came in afterwards, he was like shaking his head like, Jesus Christ. He's like, it's an amazing goal, that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean... It was a fantastic day as well because you know the the, the Leeds fans are you know they they are passionate fans as well and you know they're they're very vocal and you know it was a very great it was a great atmosphere as well but you know the Wolves fans were you know giving it loads as well and obviously when the goal went in it just put the rest of the crowd to silence and like obviously the I mean the Wolves fans ended up sounding like the home fans that's how that's how much the, the stadium erupted because I want
1: to read this to you I found the the BBC match report from the game and it actually this is the this is honest to truth this is the intro from (laughs) it Wolves stole all three points at Ellen Road (laughs) thanks to a thunderous drive from Jay Bothroy deep into (laughs) it even goes on to say it was harsh on the host who had a Steve Stone header cleared off the goal line by the outstanding Gary Breen
0: yeah, I Gary mean, was I, as well, I yeah. don't
1: know whether that was written by a Leeds fan, but you don't often <laughs> see that kind of
0: language. In the <laughs> to me, it's pretty, it's pretty accurate though, because I mean, like, like you said, Matt Murray was quality. The back line were quality. Gary Breen in particular. Um, but yeah, it was just one of the, it was a great away day. It's one of them games that it's always going to be in my mind. Um, you know, when I finish football, you know, everyone talks about it still to this day. Like Wolves fans, you know, Leeds fans even contact me saying, "What about that goal?" You know, sometimes on the Twitter, you get like, um, "On this day, like ten years ago, or something like that." Yeah. And you know, Leeds fans are like sending me the goal and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's one that's always going to be memorable in my mind.
1: Right. Well, I mean, we we put it out in the summer, and I say it's had thousands of views, and it will continue to get thousands of views on and (laughs) off because it is a a special moment. Have, Have you ever actually kind of? Oh, do you have like a mental kind of? top five, top ten of career goals? Have you ever thought about that?
0: No, I mean, I, there, I, I, I mean, yeah, there's, there's goals that do stick out in my mind, where I would say, yeah, that's a top ten goal. But yeah, I mean, there has there has been, yeah. I mean, I can remember goals, I mean, I, there's a few goals that I've scored in Japan, um, but um, there was another one as well that I scored for for I think it was against Preston, where I I got the ball wide and dribbled wide and then cut inside and hit it in the near post. That was a pretty good goal as well. Um, but yeah, I do. I think forwards especially do have a mental a mental uh, picture of the the great goals they've scored in their career. So yeah, I mean that that that's definitely my top ten. That that I'll never forget.
1: Because this is like fourteen years, and I can almost tell in your voice that. You can still picture it as clear as day, as if it was
0: yesterday. Do you know, it was funny as well. Do you know, it was funny thinking about it as well. I remember because, like I said, I didn't have a preseason, and I remember like I, 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 you know, normally I get my boots sent to me, and I just these these new Nike vapors come out, red ones, and I was like, man, I need to get them like that, and um, <laughs> I went I went and bought them, and I hadn't even worn them. I think I wore them like once in a Friday training, and then I went and played in them, and, <laughs> and I scored. So it was like it was I mean it was crazy it was just a crazy day it was a crazy game and it was a you know it was an amazing goal and a great win
1: so if you hadn't have had those new boots it might not have happened
0: I mean yeah it's just it, it was just one of those I mean afterwards you can talk about it but I mean there's loads of times when you know sometimes I've worn boots i mean, be oh, I wish I didn't wear them you know but this this time it turned out to be great and it you know I remember one of the boys said uh them red boots got fire in them do you know what I mean that kind of thing um you know you can't take them boots off now
1: we mentioned obviously gary breen and matt murray the team that day murray edwards breen craddock Mulgrew, potter olifignana henry jones johnson and then court and you came on at half time yeah
0: that.
1: yeah um the other yeah. subs clark and little it's a strong
0: t- it's a strong team really isn't it, it when is. you think about it like them it's a strong team but all them players there had really good careers you know there some i mean some of them play for their country you know so what you know.
1: what's interesting about that group because obviously it it kind of started that progression towards the promotion that happened a couple of seasons later but the, apart from kind of maybe breen and craddock a lot of you kind of had your careers still to come you were all yeah. you all went on to yeah. have really good careers. You were all so young at that time.
0: I mean, that's the thing. That's why I was like, I mean, I don't know. To be honest, I mean, you can tell me like now. I don't really know what Wolves fans actually think of me. If I'm I, I'm being honest, I don't think Wolves fans, I never, I never got the impression that Wolves fans really liked me that much, to be honest. And I think mainly is because of the way I was portrayed in the media. And that's fine, you know, everyone can have their opinion, you know, I'm not going to say don't, but um, I think it was a bit harsh, especially being, me being young, you know, and, you know, it's not easy to play Mick McCarthy's football, you know, it's not attractive, you know, at the time he get, you know, he, he, he was getting results and, you know, but forward as my stature, you know, him just wanted me to be a target man, you know, didn't really suit my style of play you know for me i came up and i was coached you know as a being a forward but a forward that you know i didn't even use i didn't even use my head until i met mccarthy it was like everything was to feet you know kind of thing and you know i was able to drift in wide areas take the ball you know long shots one twos you know this kind of thing and then all of a sudden it's like stay in the middle be a target man run channels um you know all this kind of stuff i mean we we done training sessions where it's like put a back four in defense in the in the defending third with a goalkeeper, and then put two forwards there and say, you know, play play possession game and keep and try and win the ball back. So two two forwards have to try and get a ball, <laughs> win the ball back of five in the, the defending quarter of a whole pitch. It's like it's never going to happen. But I mean, that was that's the, that was his idea of training. And for me, I was never used to that. For me, it was always always about possession and and you know. Uh, possession and ball movement, one twos combination play, you know that kind of stuff. And I felt I got I got a bit treated unfairly. I got treated unfairly. You know, I'm not saying he was a hundred percent to blame. Of course, you know, for me, I've always said that publicly. My attitude could have been better when I was younger, um, but that's a maturity thing. Yeah. And I think as a manager you should be able to nurture that and understand that and, you know, treat individuals, you know, in different... You know, every individual needs to be treated differently.
1: Well, I mean, it's that thing, as you say, there will be some fans who take the viewpoint of the stuff that came out at the time, but there are mates of mine who absolutely love you because of that Leeds goal and because of the <laughs> Albion goal like they are for for fans of a certain age they are you know they were key moments at that time and because, plus i guess because it hadn't been that great, you know, at the end of the Glenn Hoddle era. There wasn't a lot of goals yeah. scored. So along came this guy yeah. who smashes it into the top corner. And the, especially the, I mean, obviously scoring against Albion, that's always going to be, get you into a yeah. special place in some people's hearts.
0: I remember the commentator on that one as well. That was funny. The commentator was like, oh, it was something like, oh, Jason My old boss. Right. <laughs>
1: my old boss at my old radio station. You come on the pitch yeah. for the Albion game. And he says, yeah, that's good because he's useless.
0: I know, yeah, and I was like... And then obviously I scored straight away That I just shot him up completely, man. That was funny. Because people, people sent me that after... I didn't know that. And it was like only afterwards, like, did you hear what that guy said about you? That kind of thing. But now it was like, I've seen it on YouTube. So many people have sent it to me as well, like on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. It's quite funny, actually.
1: Is there, is, is there a nice part of it to you as well, though? Because I guess there's part of you that quite just enjoys proving people wrong. And people, like you saw almost said people make opinions of you based on not knowing you and therefore you let your football do the talking in that regard.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like for me, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Um, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I was a, you know, a token model professional at all times. Cause I wasn't, you know, that would be a lie that, you know, commentator when he when he said that, and I was, I see it afterwards, you know, it, it, it was funny because, like, everyone, he just turned, he just turned out to be a laughing stock, didn't he? Just because he made that comment. And then obviously I went and scored the winning goal. And again, it was, you know, everyone just went crazy once again. So, you know, people are going to have their own perception and they're entitled to that. But I think it's, you know, for me, I, I do want to put the truth out there sometimes because people don't know that. They just know what the manager says. And in everyone's eyes, a player can never be wrong. The manager's always right when it comes to fans. Fans always believe the manager. They never believe, you know. If, if a player has a disagree- sorry, if a player has a disagreement with a manager, it's always a manager's. I mean, always a player's fault. And you know that's why I think it's important that you know podcasts like this. You know, we get the opportunity now to address it. It's
1: fascinating, you know, being able to talk to you in this regard and to to hear. Not not just your side of it, but your kind of thoughts on on what life was like at that time. Because I think there's probably a lot of people that look at it and go, "Well, you know, you because there was a bit of injury in that first season, wasn't there? That's part of the reason why you were kind of not in the team in that first season, but why it kind of tailed off like it did. Because you end up going on to play for England. So,
0: well, that's that's the thing. That's what I never understood. Like, you know, for me, how can a manager or You know, re- basically release me, take my squad number for me, say I'm surplus to requirements, and then three years later I'm playing for England. Like, surely at that point you have to be looking at yourself, saying, "What did I do wrong?" You know, because that's what I would be doing if I was a ma- if I was a manager. That's what I would be doing. You know, it, you can't say that I'm not good enough to play for Wolves, but then all of a sudden I'm playing against France at Wembley, and you know, everyone can say, "Oh." You know, it's just one cap. But at the end of the day, Fabio Capello picked me. I played against France. You know, it wasn't against Moldova or something like that. I played at France at Wembley. And, you know, 1% of footballers play for their country, if that. You know, so for me, it was a, it's the biggest achievement in my life. And, you know, that happened three years after someone said that I'm not good enough to play for Wolverhampton. You know, and let's be honest, at the time, Wolves, Wolves wasn't, the promotion team was really strong and then the team that, that, you know, the team done really well in the Premier League, but that particular team was, was new. You know, we was all young. We was all like getting the, getting the hang of things, basically. You know, there was, you know, players coming together that like Rowan, for example, Ryan Ricketts, you know, he, he just, you know, he was never really a regular anywhere and he just came and, you know, he started playing more as a regular, uh, Wolves and, you know, there was other players, you know, so we was kind of getting to know one another, and like I said, I think I was just treated, you know, wrongly. And you know, thank God that, you know, Dave Jones got his hands on me and you know, and and helped me turn my career around.
1: Well, uh, if there are any hard feelings, I hope it's not towards the club and the fans. No, that's- no. That's-
0: it's not at all. That's what that's what I mean. I'm saying I've got, I've got no animosity to Wolves fans at all. If anything, you know, I I feel like they don't, they're like me, but I mean I mean they're entitled to their opinion. They pay their money. They buy their season tickets. You know, they've might have seen you know maybe an attitude with me on some sometimes on the pitch, and like I said, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm I'm the first person to say I I did have an attitude problem when I was younger, but f- for me, you know. All all players need help, especially the young players. And I didn't get that from him. I just got frozen out and, you know, thrown to the wall, so to speak
1: well listen uh, i know there's i say there's mates of mine that would love me to thank you for some special memories of <laughs> them growing up and especially that absolute pinger into the top corner at ellen road which will forever live on on youtube yeah. alongside my old boss calling you useless <laughs> and seconds later jay thank you very
0: much for your time great to no speak problem you. at all nice to speak to you Thanks for listening to the Old Goal Club. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.